Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. And I just, I had so many, so many things I wanted to say to you. Because when ladies all get together, I just want to go, oh, let me help you with this in your marriage. And this is how you talk. And this is the kind stuff that you do at home. And this is how you appreciate and value your kids. And I've got all this stuff in my head. And then my head goes a different direction. And I think about what I talked at 55 plus a couple weeks ago. And I thought that would fit. And I thought, no, I don't know. I don't know. But I do have to tell you because of what Amy said, I have to tell you one thing of 55 plus. God had me look in the art magazine, and, and all of a sudden, I'm reading it, and all of a sudden, I'm picking out the shower, get into the shower, and the Holy Spirit says, entitle it, jump in the shower. And then there was, you can have liberty with an oxygen tank that's portable, and I thought, the word of God, it goes with you, it's portable. And then it had the alert system, of course, and that was prayer. So I did a whole thing on that. But this morning when she said, let it wash away, I just remembered my jump in the shower thing. So you know what? You jump in the shower, you're naked, and you, you let the water flow on you, and you soap up and you get all clean and the water runs down the drain unless you want to save the dirt yeah i'm going to step on the drain i want to save the dirt so i'm going to i'm going to stand on the drain and i'm going to just be sure that dirt doesn't go down how stupid would that be why would you go into the shower however then i had the soul and the spirit well, the spirit man, of course, is already all of your sins are forgiven and all of that. But the soul realm might need some washing. And so, so with the soul realm, it's naked. You're naked. So every time you take a shower, just remember you're not washing only your body. You're washing the soul realm. God, I just hate that lady. I can't stand her, Lord. And my husband was so mean to me today. And I just, well, it's up to you. You want to use the shower and just let it flow over that soul realm. And you want to just forgive. And you're going to stand like this and let it all go down the drain. So when you get out of your shower, you're going to be refreshed. Well, what made me think of that is the dumbest thing. If you ever see an art magazine on the side of the shower, it says, many have told me they come out of the shower with a personality change. Like, what? How do you get a personality change washing your body? And so that made me think of having to have a personality change by taking care of your soul. So when you get out of the shower, you let all the mad go, and you decided to do it God's way and bless them so you could receive a blessing. Pray for those who despitefully use you. No, I'm not going to do it God's way. That isn't fair. Well, then you're standing on the drain, and you're keeping it for another day. So anyway, that's not what we're doing today. <laughs> I just want to tell you something practical first. I saw on TV Dr. Egerich the other day, and he wrote a book, and it was called, um, oh, it's called Before You Hit and Send. Before you send a text 
for you who send a text, there were four things he said to watch. Number one was, is it true? And this is huge. Is it a fact? I sent a text last week that somebody had sent to me, and I sent it to about four people, and it was not true. So we want to check what we send. Is it true? Is it a fact? And this had been about a person who had died. So I told people the wrong person died. So number one, a fact. Is it true? And is it a fact? Number two is, is it kind? Are you being kind in that, in that text? Number three is, is it necessary? And number four was, is it clear? And a lot of times, you know, we cut out words and we don't know who they're talking about. Is it I or is it they? Or is that what they said? Or is that what you said? And so be sure that it's clear. Well, as I heard that, I thought, you know what? God started using this for me in regular speech. I can't tell you how many times I stopped talking because it wasn't necessary. <laughs> so I didn't say very many words. <laughs> a lot of our talk isn't very necessary. So you can take a look at that. Or is it kind? Is it really kind? And is it factual? I, I swim and I listen to women talk about politics. And I'm just sitting there swimming, minding my own business. And I just think, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know the facts of that situation? Are you there to see? Did you study it in a, in, a, in a room or something where somebody broke this all down and you know? Which fake news might you be listening to or whatever, you know? And so a lot of times we just blubber off a whole bunch of stuff and we don't even know what we're talking about. So, boy, Dr. Egerich was good, and I'd love to get that book. I bet it's good. So, anyway, um, just remember that. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And is it clear? And I would just, what will the other person gain from it? That's kind of what I'd look at, I think. Is, is it necessary that they would really gain something from this? So that's just free this morning. That's not my topic either. <laughs> I, seem to be <laughs> I seem to be having trouble to get to it. <laughs> well, what I said was that my topic was you are an empowered woman. Do you really believe that? You are an empowered woman. As he is, so are we in this world. Do you believe that? As, as he is, so we are in this world. But how does it happen? So think about if you know you're righteous, because he who knew no sin went and paid for your sin, so it's like you on the cross. He paid for your sin and gave you his righteousness. You got to believe that because Proverbs 28.1 says that behold, the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked run when no man pursues. So you will be bold. You will dare to step out. And where we're headed is, is on uh, deliverance and some demon stuff, but I'm laying the groundwork for next week. 
So we got to know who we are before we'll ever step out. So if there's a demon that manifests in Karen right now, I would just look at it and think, oh, not me. I, f I feel inferior. I'm not sure I even know how to do that. I, I don't think I can. That's not an empowered woman. So we're going to come through this today and end up being an empowered woman. So a lot of this is what you're doing in your own heart today. I don't see a lot of ministry at the end. Maybe next week, yes. But today, I think it's just taking a look and see, are you really an empowered woman? Um, would we be willing to deal with a demonic force? Do you and your husband fight, and do you fight? Here I am, marriage. Um, do <laughs> Do you fight and do you, do you fight about the same things and it's the same kind of wording and say, how do we always get into that? Because there's a demonic force behind it. I used to have a lady call me and she'd say, hi, Mrs. Mendering, you ever loving blankety blank, blank, blank. I said, I don't want to talk to you. I'll talk to you, but not to that spirit that always talks to me the same way. So a lot of times if you hear the same kind of words, the same kind of sentences, the same kind of fights time after time, there's some demonic thing that's so ticked at you, trying to get at you, trying to make you mad so that you won't be available to the Holy Spirit to go and minister to that neighbor when you need to or somebody you're going to meet a little longer, a little later, and then Satan is so happy. Oh, my goodness, how good. I got her off track so she wouldn't follow the Lord. I got her so mad, and she stayed mad for two weeks, and I can't believe what the victory I have because she didn't do what God wanted her to do. You see, he always wants to pull us away from what God wants. And so when you get in a jam and you get mad at somebody or you're doing that, talking like that, get out of it because you're pleasing Satan. And then when we talk worry, it's like, oh, I'm so worried about my kids or I'm so worried about whatever. You just put a big button up and Satan pushes it and says, let's go there. He doesn't see faith. He doesn't see trust. He hears worry. And so he's going to push that button and he's going to take advantage of what you just said and what you're doubting. And that's why it's so important. Oh, it's so important to do the word. I mean, we've heard this all our life. Oh, the word is a light to my lamp to my whatever and a light to my path. Yeah, really, we've heard it so long. What does that mean? You know, really. Think about it. How much are we willing to do the word? Standing in the shower and he says, forgive him. Say, no, he's mean and he's nasty and I'm not going to forgive him. Well, then just stay on the drain and sit with it. God gave us a way out. If we will take it, and it's hard to take it sometime because it's opposite from our feelings. And so to walk past those feelings and do the word, it's an answer, gals. It's what's going to make you an empowered woman. Sometime we say, well, I don't do that because I'm timid or I'm self-conscious or what is somebody else going to say? Or I feel fearful or I'm always less than, she's smarter than I am. Or we feel guilty ourselves and we aren't going to step out in this. I think, you know, people say people used to um, raise the dead. Well, which one of us would do it? 
You would. Anybody else help her? You would? Okay. There's three of you. But wonder if eight people die here. <laughs> I need eight of you. <laughs> now think about it. Would you? What do you think about yourself? Do you see yourself as an empowered woman? Would you touch that or not? Do you care about what other people might say about you? What they might think about you? Would they still like you? I mean, it's pretty easy to not do what God wants you to do because you want to be seeker-sensitive, do what looks good to most people, feels good to most people. And then a person comes out with a word and says, what in the heck is that church doing? Somebody's given a word? What? What kind of place is this? I thought you were Baptist. You know, whatever. Uh, you know, where you wouldn't expect that. And so, it, it, but it's really true. How much stuff do we set up to be pleasing to someone else and not just take authority over it? Now, you know what? This morning when I thought the drums ought to go, I mean, that could be weird to some of you. To clap could be weird to some of you. But I'm telling you, it broke something in the spirit world. And those drums were anointed, and that anointing breaks that. So you got a way of how you think. I think I'll just be a quiet little girl, and I'll mind my own business, and everybody will think well of me. Well, I'm not sure I'd ever want to know how to do a deliverance. Wonder if the demon hurts me. Huh? Don't do it then. Because you have more power than the demon ever thought of having. I remember one time a gal was getting delivered, and I was sitting in a chair just looking at her. And she, she picked up the back, the back um, of my chair, and she lifted me up. <laughs> Uh, she was so strong, and I just said, put me down in Jesus' name, and she dropped me down. It's so, it's so real. This gal was struggling a lot. She had been um, in a lot of mental institutions, and I'll tell you, it was so amazing what God did. God's power set that girl totally, totally free to the place where she got married, had children, and is doing great. There's victory over the enemy. Don't be afraid of the enemy. There is victory. So don't just make an oath yourself that says, I think I'll just be quiet. Just check out what you believe. Um, recognize who you are in the body. And I'm just going to touch on self-image a little bit. What do you believe about yourself? Now, you answer that within yourself. What do you believe about yourself? The picture you carry about yourself is your self-image. It's what you, how you see yourself, a mental picture of yourself, the kind of person I am. But it's built from your own beliefs about yourself. And those beliefs can be um, started from years ago where somebody said a certain thing or expected a certain thing or they breathed a curse on you and said, you probably will, where God speaks a blessing. Part of your blessing that you even give to your kids is that you present them a good future. 
This is what you're going to be. You got a kid acting up, pull the blessing card out and bless them with what they're going. You know what? You've got so many. You are such a caring person. That's probably why you hurt so much right now. But you know what? You're going to be a blessing and understanding people and caring for them. Always speak a blessing to those kids. And a lot part of the blessing, there's five points. We're not teaching that today. But though one of them is presenting a future for them. So that can, if they've been saying other things of you'll probably be this or you'll probably, oh, I'll never forget one time. Oh, my goodness sakes. Oh, I, I just, uh, this person said to this young girl, you know what? I see you having sex with a whole lot of different men and you'll walk away and won't even care. I'm looking at that, and I think this girl had to be about 15. And I thought, how could you present that to her like that? So here, that I prayed for that girl a lot. Look at that curse that was spoken over her, where we have a chance to minister blessing. So be sure your mouth is ministering blessing. So your self-image is built from your own beliefs. And if you don't find value that you're valuable... Um, it's going to be a different story. And that's why I'm taking time on this. You need to see how valuable you are. All of our actions and all of our feelings and all of our behaviors are consistent with our self-image. A person will act like they think about themselves. You know, my husband was a photographer, and he took pictures, and I just could never believe how the women so many times were not happy with their picture. And my husband would say, you have a marvelous expression. They said, no, it's my legs. Would you change the color of my pants? And so they would take a white pants off, and they'd paint it and make a dark pants, and, and they weren't any happier afterwards because it was their self-image that was there not necessarily just outward appearance so you 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 really have to be of just aware of what goes deep you you can talk to a uh um who who does faces the doctor plastic surgeon Talk to a plastic surgeon, and they will tell you that the people didn't change after they did the plastic surgery. Because the problem wasn't with their looks. It was inside their heart of the stuff that had come in in the past. So um, if you have identified with your mistakes, with your failures, then you've formed a certain self-image. I have a friend who just has trouble overcoming a feeling good about herself because of a divorce, probably 25 years ago. So anything like that play a part inside you? Or I did something wrong and so I'm not worth anything? You're not a failure if you fail. That doesn't make you the failure. You're not a mistake if you've made a mistake. 
I, I didn't know where I had to go yesterday. I was somewhere, and the, and the man said to me, he says, you didn't know that wasn't here? I said, no, I didn't, but I'm so happy I learned something. <laughs> so happy. You, we learn every day. So you can fail at something and not be a failure. So think about this. Whose image did God create you in? Yeah, he says, I created you in my image. Well, can you get any better than that? So you want to give up your self-image, and you want to take his image. He created you in his image, and he is an all-wise creator. Nothing wrong with him. And can you picture a powerful creator like he is, that he would make an inferior product? And then we look at people in the body say, well, you're not, you're not. What? God doesn't make inferior products. I mean, take a look at the sky. See all the stars up there? <laughs> and the sun, the bigger ones are the sun. And the moon. And the flowers, and they're all different colors, and they all smell different. And the bugs. Same creator made man. And he made you in his image. He's just a real engineer, and I don't think any engineer would make something to fail. He didn't make you to fail. If you're feeling less than, he didn't make you to feel that way. He wants you to be restored back into his image. To think that he is the creator, and you were made by the creator himself. Just think. Almighty God made you and made you good. As far as I'm concerned, you're great just because God made you without doing a thing. You're great because God made you. Other people might have hung other titles on you, but those aren't true. You're great just because God made you. I think about the football game all the time you watch. You can tell who a dad is. They're screaming their heads off for their son, right? They want him to win. They want him to play well. Well, we're, hold, we're told to not hide our light under a bushel, but to let it shine before men. Why? So they may glorify your Father in heaven. You're made the way you are to glorify your Father in heaven. We got a father on the sidelines, hollering, wanting us to win and not lose. So we don't want our little self-image to wreck the image God gave us. You either live out of all your stuff that happened in the past, or you live out of who he really made you. Why? So your father will be glorified. Can you imagine... I just think when you hear a game and you hear people booing, you can bet that father's not booing. That's my son out there. I'm not, he did make a mistake. He missed the ball. But you know what? I'm not going to sit there and boo him. So we don't want to do that to each other. We don't want to boo him. We're here to let the body of Christ win, to let our friends win. You don't need to be better than or have pride and think, well, I'm better than they are. 
No, we're here to have all of us, like the father would holler for his son to win and never boo a mistake. God hasn't booed your mistakes. He's just saying, you want to know how to get out of that? I'll show you. I'll show you. It's in my word. That is found in Genesis 1, and 27, where God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male. Oh, he forgot female? No, it says male and female he created. So you got somebody pretty great who made you. If you have a bad self-image, you'll be fearful. You'll feel unworthy, might be depressed, might feel insecure, might have fear of failure, difficult relationships, undeserving of good, all those things. That looks like the enemy to me. Here's one of our first enemy verses, John 10.10. 10. The thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to have dreams. He wants you to know your light and salt so he can use you. And you can be set free from the snare of the enemy. And I love this verse. Psalm 124, 7 and 8 says, My soul, that's my mind, will, and emotions, is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Because you know why? Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So you're set free. You're not in that cage. You escaped. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Look at Joyce Myers with all that sexual abuse and look at who she is. Doesn't matter if you're physically handicapped. God can use you powerfully. Nothing can stand in the way of you seeing God the way God sees you. He wants to accomplish so many things through you. And if we know that we're his servants and, Lord, what do you want today? What, what do you want? Who do you want me to pray for? Lord, who do you want me to send a word of encouragement to? It, there's so many things, ladies, without ever leaving your house you can do. I was in a restaurant one day, and all of a sudden that waitress wasn't there. So I'm asking, where is she? Where is she? Well, she got fired. She whatever. Man, I bet God's got me texting her about every three days. Oh, she's got worth. She's not bad because she was fired. God loves her. You can do that. You can pick up the phone and call someone. It's so good to pray. Yesterday, I was still sitting with four topics that I had developed and thought, which one of these am I going to do? And what are they for? And Jerry this morning says, man, Dory, what was going on yesterday morning? I was praying for you, and she was praying for really that very thing. And it was yesterday that I decided that this is where I'd go. And so pray for one another. Oh, we're a body, girls. We, we help one another. So what do you say about yourself? If you're struggling with um, self-image, the first thing you say is, I am a child of Almighty God. I 
am a child of Almighty God. What my parents ever did or, my, or anybody said or an aunt said or an uncle said, none of that matters. I am a child of the Almighty God. The devil is always trying to steal our self-image because of what we've been through, and he lies to us and makes us think that that is where we are and we can't rise above any of that. Don't believe him. Don't believe him. And also know that you are simply you. God made you like he made you, and he didn't make any of us alike. You can't compare because you need two likes to compare. You're not inferior. You're not superior. But you are unique. You will never be like another person. He made us all different, just like snowflakes. They're all unique. He has no preference for size, shape, and color. I've been created in the image of God. So we all have limitations and mistakes and humiliation or whatever. But don't stay there. Let God use them to change you for good in your life. He knows how to heal us up. Just think about when it says we have power over the enemy. Um, the devil wanted to be like God. He wanted worship. That's why he got kicked out of heaven. Now guess what? Who's made in the image of God? We are. So what's the best? He got kicked out of heaven, so what's he got to mess with here on earth? Us. Because we've been made in the image of God. So he's after us. He's mad at us. He was thrown out of heaven. And God turned around and said, I'll make man in my image. Ha ha. He'll always try to put you down. Satan will. He'll try to make you feel like you're worthless and try to rob who you really are. He wants to steal it out of our minds by making us so busy we never think about what, what does God want to, to do through me today. And then he goes and says, well, I'll make her think she's ugly, make her think she's not worth anything, and she can't overcome anything, and I'll make her lose her joy and her self-confidence I'm going to go after that. Tell you what, one day I could not believe it. I was really mad at somebody. I know I never get like that, but <laughs> I was mad that day. And there was something I had to go to. And I prayed before I went, and the Holy Spirit said, I wish you wouldn't go. But why? And he said, because you're not going to be light and you're not going to be salt. He said, I put you in this world as a city set on a hill to be light and to be salt and give flavor where you go, and you are too negative to be my representative there today. I thought, whoa, whoa. 
So I knew I had to take care of that <laughs> real quick, but I didn't go. I took care of it, but I didn't go. You all know 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So be the person God called you to be. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Your self-image should never be affected by anybody's opinion of you. Somebody will always be thinking something good. Somebody else will think something bad. And you won't know how to act if you're going to act how other people perceive you. You'll be like you're on a roller coaster. You cannot be afraid of that. So accept the unique way God made you. If there's somebody here today that hasn't accepted that, say, you know what? So I'm different than everybody else, or maybe I think I am. God, I'm going to accept how you made me. You made me unique. You made me in your image, even though I will never look like somebody else. Because the one who made you is always reliable and dependable. God won't make any mistakes. He always loves you. Always. We think we're valued by how we see ourselves in the mirror. Ah, you are so fat today. You make me feel terrible, mirror. I don't even want to look at you. And so that affects our self-image. Wow. We've listened to this world a lot, haven't we? Your weight is not who you are. Even if you're skinny, it's not who you are. <laughs> That's just to make me feel good. <laughs> you know, really, how absurd. If the scale goes up above something, does our value change? Your value doesn't change by your scale. God loves you, honey. You're unique. God doesn't view us like that. Some other person, doesn't she look like she gained weight? Well, tough, yes. It doesn't change your value. So we can't judge somebody's value on how much we weigh. My scale doesn't even go that high. <laughs> no, I know that was bad. Okay, so you base your self-image on what God thinks of you, and he thinks you're wonderful. Tell each other that sometime today. You are wonderful. Why else would he choose you to be a house for his Holy Spirit? Come on. He wouldn't want the Holy Spirit anywhere near you if he didn't think you were wonderful. So the Holy Spirit lives in you. Wow. A house for the Holy Spirit. Why else would he call you a daughter of the Almighty God? Why else would he ask you to lay hands on the sick? Why else would he ask you to raise the dead? Why else would he ask you to deliver somebody from an evil spirit? Why else would he ask you to preach to somebody? Do you know what? You're a preacher without knowing it. Everybody's hearing about the Cheesecake Factory in Granville. How do you think they're hearing about it? They're hearing about it by word of mouth. Have you been there yet? Oh, my goodness, it's right next to Zach's Barbershop. Yeah, and that's where you're a preacher. You're a preacher for the world, and you're a preacher for God. Yeah. 
Why else would he ask you to just go and take authority over that demon and have it quit messing with that person? Mark 16, listen to this, 15 through 18. And he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. To, this is to you. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Those signs shall follow those that believe. That's you in my name. They will cast out devils. Yes. They shall speak with new tongues. Yes. They shall take up serpents. Yes. And if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's you. Until you see who you are, you will not lay hands on the sick. You won't dare. You, you'll be afraid of the results. You don't do the results. The Holy Spirit and God through you bring the results. So, who are we? 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are new. When you become saved, all things are new. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to good works, which God said we should walk in. Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but I'm not doing this stuff. It's Christ who lives in me. That's you, an almighty, wonderful daughter of God, the almighty. Girls, you've got so much to give to your friends, so much to give to those in the world, so much to give to those who are sick. You've got so much anointing to give. We need to do it. So you got to decide who's in charge of your life. If, if you haven't forgiven somebody and you've got into bitterness, they're in charge of your life. You don't want to think about them and let them direct your steps. You don't want to have someone you resent directing your way. So forgive if you need to. Let it go down the drain. Make a choice. Devil, I'm sick of you holding that over my head. I'm sick of you telling me I'm inferior because I'm 35 and not married. You are a precious person to God and a vital person. Satan has ripped you off long enough. Don't let him have another minute. Release the person who causes you pain. It's a setup by Satan to mess with you. It's not even who he is. He's used by Satan to mess with you. You've got to recognize we're in a war here. We're in a war of Satan doing stuff and then... God directing our way. Think about Esther. You know, in just one day, she became a beautiful queen. How about David as a shepherd boy? He became a great king. When the power of God is at work in you, he'll, he'll just bring you into the area that you need to be in. We are his house. Devil wants us to be distracted by broken relationships because he doesn't want us to go forward. He wants us to stay there, and we'll talk the same way for two years, three years. And he won. Don't let him win. Do the word of God. Do the word of God. You can't help where you've been, but you can help where you're going. Just remember, you're a daughter of Abraham. Stand up and be free. You're loosed from your infirmity. Can you go to somebody and say, you are loosed from your infirmity? Um, where I saw somebody... Um, I like to go to the person we visit and say, you are loosed from your infirmity, right? Do you do that too? 
Yeah. Yeah, you're loosed. You're loosed. We have a job to do. Gals, you are light and salt. It's not just something you learned as a kid. Wow. 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 Part of our job is James 4, 7, to resist the enemy. Submit yourself to God. That would be doing it his way. Resist the enemy and he'll flee from you. Luke eleven twenty. If I with the finger of God cast out a devil, the kingdom of God has come to you. There's a, there's a lot of people that are talking about, oh, you can't rebuke demons. You can't do that. Jesus is over everything. Yes, he's over everything. That's why you use his name. But the disciples were sent out by twos to take care of the, and they, they came back and they said, oh, Jesus, do you know, even the, even the um, um, demons obeyed us. He said, no big deal. You just watch out. Be sure your name is written in the book of life. See, it's just a byproduct of Christianity. And so that's why Luke eleven twenty. if I with the finger of God cast out a devil, the kingdom of God has come to you. The disciples, you know, were sent out two by two. And um, in Jesus' name, all the demons would leave. That's so exciting. So you're like a city, that's Matthew 5, 14, or 13 to 16. You're a light. You're a city set on a hill. You can't hide. Everybody will recognize you're a Christian. You're light, and you show others the way. You're salt, and you give people flavor. You're a preservative. I just picture sometime uh, walking down the street in the dark, and there's a light, a lamppost, and I think, oh, I got that much further to go home. And there's a light by the house, and it directs the way that I can go in where there's safety, where there's quietness, where there's peace, because the light has shown me the way. You are the light to show others the way. If you're ever out on the big lake, and you've, you come near the channel, and you saw that great big thing of fog come in, and you just are so grateful for that light that's at the end of the channel, so you know where to go. That's the kind of light that you gals are. I got a lot more, but you know what? I'm not going anymore. You are light. You are salt. You will give direction to other people. You will help a friend know how to think by praying with her. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. It will be a, um, that you'll get information in your head and you'll get direction that way. Girls, you are daughters of the almighty king. you got a father on the sideline who's rooting for you. He is never against you. He's always there to help you. All you have to do is call on me and I'll show you great and mighty things which you don't know. He'll be there for you. So jump in the shower, get rid of the stuff that you're holding because it's a setup by Satan to rip you off and don't let him do that to your life because there's supposed to be peace and joy in our lives. I lost my spouse two years ago this coming Monday. Can't believe it's that long. But even in the middle of a hard time of caring for him, watching him not coming back like I thought he would, he was just going and going and going. And through that whole time, God was so close. The presence of the Lord was in the house. There was peace. There was joy. So even during a hard time, don't give up the things that God gives you. There's still peace and joy for you. You don't have to go away from him and have only heaviness and horribleness because you don't like what you see. 
Just stay with God. Stay with God. He's there for you. And the song that touched me so much during that time was, he's God of the mountains and he's God of the valleys. And, and when it get to be evening, I'm alone with him. The nurse is gone. And I say, oh, God, I just hate to see another night coming because I'm so tired. And if I can't sleep, Lord, I don't know how I'll do it. And that song came on and it says, I'm God of the mountain, God of the valley. I'm God of the day, and I'm God of the night. So I had to let him be that. So we let him be what the word says he is in our lives. And then, I think I shared this before, one thing. I, as I stood by the casket and touched him, he was cold, and the Holy Spirit said, talk to him while he's warm. And I would just leave that with you today, husbands and wives. Talk while you're warm. Don't play all the games where you let Satan separate you. It's hard, but talk while you're warm. While you've got someone to talk to, talk to those kids while they're there. Give them a hope. Give them a future with your words. Your words are powerful. Watch what you say. Father, Thank you so much for loving us so much and that we have a self-image that's yours because we're made in your image. And thank you so much for always being for us and never against us, for helping us through hard times, for always being there with strength, with joy, with power, with might, with anointing, and God, I just thank you that as we talk about the anointing that's on these girls next week and that there's anointing to serve and deliverance and healing that um, we will really understand what that anointing is and what you've given to us in our bodies. God, it's so amazing. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Girls, the anointing, when Peter walked past people, they fell over because of his shadow. That's the kind of power we have. We're going to talk about that next week along with deliverance.